0: Cherry red lips. Her hair, the color of tree bark, was done up expertly into a knot on top of her head. One of the other girls must have told her of the commotion because Sylvette was holding an open jar of white face powder as she hastened to Ava's rescue. It won't happen again, madame, Sylvette eagerly promised, wrapping a sisterly arm across Ava's much smaller, slimmer shoulders. "'Fortunately for you, one of the dancers has torn her petticoat and stockings in rehearsal. "'And, like yourself, only a few moments ago, "'our regular seamstress is nowhere to be found, "'or I would send you on your way without another word. "'Oh, all of you wide-eyed young things come down here, "'thinking your pretty faces will open doors only until you find something better, "'or you trap a gentleman of means from the audience to sweep you off your feet.' and then I am abandoned. I am a hard worker, madame. Truly I am, and that will not happen. I have no interest in a man to save me, Ava replied with all of the eager assurance that a petite country girl with massive blue eyes could summon. Madame Leotau, however, did not suffer naivete, ambition, or beauty gladly, and her half-hearted protestation fell flat. Sylvette this morning had warned Eva she could be out on her delicate backside and return to their small room at La Ruche, so named because the building was shaped like a beehive, before she could conjure what hit her if she didn't convince the woman of her sincerity. Sylvette had worked here for over a year, and she herself was only a chorus girl in two numbers. An anonymous background figure, one who never made it anywhere near the bright lights at the front of the stage. Three dancers, in more lavish costumes than the one Sylvette wore, came through the door then, drawn by their mistress's bark. They were anxious to see a fight. In the charged silence, Eva saw each of them look at her appraisingly, their pretty, painted faces full of condescension. One girl put her hands on her hips as she lifted her eyebrows in a mocking fashion. The other two girls whispered to each other. It brought Ava back swiftly to the cruel Vincennes hometown rivals of her youth, girls for whom she had not been good enough either. They were one of the many reasons she had needed to escape to the city. For a moment, Ava could not think. Her heart sank. If she should lose this chance. She had risked so much just to leave the city outskirts. Most especially, she had risked her family's disapproval. All she wanted was to make something of her life here in Paris, but so far her ambitions had come to very little. Ava looked away from them as she felt tears pressing hard at the backs of her eyes she could not risk girls like these seeing her weakness. At the age of 24, she could let no one know that she had yet to fully master her girlish emotions. There was simply too much riding on this one chance after an unsuccessful year here in Paris to risk being seen as vulnerable. You hope to be a dancer, perhaps, like one of them? Madame Leotot asked, indicating the other girls with a sharp little nod. Because it has taken each of them much work and hours of practice to be here. So you would be wasting more of my time and your own, if that is your intention. I am good with mending lace, Ava pressed herself to reply without stuttering. That was true. Her mother had, in fact, fashioned wonderful creations since Ava was a child. Some of them she had brought with her to France from Poland. As a legacy, Madame Guel had taught her daughter the small, careful stitches that she could always rely upon to help pay the bills once she had married a nice local man and settled into a predictable life. Or so that had been her parents' hope before their daughter had been lured into Paris just after her 23rd birthday. This was the first real job opportunity Ava had managed to find, and her money was nearly gone. Sylvette remained absolutely silent, afraid to endanger her own.